May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. You know, we all go through those times in life when you know, we're so excited about God. I mean, we're pumped. We're thrilled about what he's doing in our lives because he's active, he's working. And so we get so juiced up. I mean, we're so excited about God. Like we're ready to storm the gates of hell with a water pistol, shoot the devil in the eye, you know, like that, right? But then, but then there's other times in life when, truth is, we feel spiritually apathetic. We're you know, there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh, it's just the same old, same old, right? I mean, I've been there, and I'm willing to bet almost all of us have been there at some point. So what, what can we do so that we can minimize the time that we spend where we're spiritually apathetic, and what can we do that can actually keep us going forward in our walk with Christ and not take two steps back? So I was thinking about the times in my life when I was complacent, you know, spiritually. Now, during those times, I, I was just thinking about it, I maintained a commitment to, as best I could, to try to read my Bible and to pray, because I realized that if we will do the things that God asks us to do, even when we're not getting that much out of it, it minimizes the times where we are in that place, and it keeps us from falling very far from God. But anyway, um, I was, so I was thinking about those times when I was feeling spiritually complacent, and I was thinking about what was it that jarred me out of that complacency? What was it that, you know, kick-started my spiritual life again? And as I thought about it, it's really only one thing. And that one thing was, it was when I had an opportunity to share my faith or talk to someone else about Jesus or start inviting people to church. I'm telling you, when that happens for me, when I get that chance to do it, oh, I'm telling you, man, I, it just, my, my excitement returns again. So literally, whether it was when I was in high school or in college or as a youth pastor or even sometimes as a senior pastor, when I get the chance to talk about Jesus or invite someone to church, I'm telling you, that really gets me out of that place of spiritual apathy and gets me to a place where I'm excited and I'm thrilled again and I'm ready to, to you know, to press on and go forward with God. I'm telling you, it really gets me pumped and excited. And the reason that that gets us so excited is because we are never more on the front lines of making a difference than when we're telling people about God or inviting them to come to church so they can hear about him. Because look, if you're a Christ follower, you already know this. The single greatest decision that anyone can ever make in their entire life is whether or not to become a Christ follower. Because that one decision determines where somebody's going to spend eternity, whether they're going to go to heaven or whether they're going to go to hell. And I'm telling you, there is nothing, there is no other decision that anyone can make in all of life that carries that kind of weight. There's no other decision that has that kind of impact. And if someone chooses to become a Christ follower, and then not only do they choose to spend eternity in heaven with God, but while they're here on earth, it starts a relationship with God so that God guides them through this life. I'm telling you, it has such far-reaching impacts. And 
Look, talking to other people, it helps us understand our own faith more. Because when we talk to other people about God or about Jesus or about church, if they ask us a question that we don't know the answer to, then it forces us to go and find out and we learn more. But look, it's not learning more just for the sake of learning more. It's learning more so that we can share more. And get this, that provides the tension that we need. Because we have this tension of God asks us to reach out and share, but then when people ask us things we don't know, then it provides another tension where I've got to go back and I've got to learn more, and when I learn more, that helps me share more, but then I get asked another question, and then it helps me go back and learn more. And so if I'm willing to live with this tension, if I will choose to live with that kind of tension in my life, then that forces me to be more dependent on God. And when I'm more dependent on God, that helps me go deeper. Does that make sense? So it's so important. So, okay, well, well, what do I do? How can I keep that sort of tension active in my life? Well, let's look at a specific example in the New Testament where people experience the joy of following Christ. It's in Luke chapter 10. We're only gonna look at two verses this morning, but I want you to check it out. In Luke chapter 10, verse one, the Bible says this. After this, the Lord, and that's actually Jesus, okay? That's not God in heaven, that's Jesus. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And now, what was the result of doing that? Skip down to verse 17. It says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now look, when it says that they returned with joy, that means that when they returned, man, they were pumped. I mean, they were amped up. I mean, they were excited. And why? It's because they had been out sharing their belief that Jesus is the Son of God. And the, cha- and the change they saw in people's lives was amazing, even to the point where they saw demons come out of people. Now look, when you go out and share your faith, look, you, you may or may not like see any demons or anything like that. But one thing that you will find is that you'll find great joy coming in your life because you know that God is using you to do literally one of the most significant life-changing things that can ever be done. Okay? But the problem is, is that sharing our faith can be a little intimidating. <laughs> okay, so what about that? Well, these two verses that we looked at this morning they tell us an awful lot about how we can eliminate the intimidation factor and how we can up the excitement factor. So go ahead and uh, let's ask this question. What are the key lessons that I can learn to maintain the tension of sharing my faith and growing deeper? Well, the first thing, and this is your first fill of the day, I need to remember that reaching out is not just for spiritual giants. Reaching out is not just for spiritual giants. I want you to look what the... What, what these verses say. It says this, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Okay, now look, check it out. When it says others, that means that this is not talking about the 12 disciples, okay? 
This is not, you know, this is not the dream team. These are not the, you know, the, like the super apostles, you know, the guys who are on like this whole nother spiritual level. Now, the truth is, I actually don't think that at this particular time, the disciples really were on a whole nother spiritual level. We just tend to artificially put them there. But my point is that this is not the dream team, okay? This is not the 12. These are 72 other people that are following Jesus that he appoints. Now, we also know that from 1 Corinthians 15, that by the time Jesus died and rose again, there were only about 500 people that were really committed to following him. Now, thousands of people came to hear Jesus, but by the end, there were really only about 500 that were really committed to following him. Now, at the time that he sends out the 72, we don't really know how many people were really committed to following him, but we know that it was more than 72 because Jesus chose these 72 out of some larger number, right? Now, I'll be honest with you, like I hope it wasn't like 72 out of 73, so there's just one guy, it's like, sorry, I'm not picking you, you can't go. But we get to hang out for a couple weeks, maybe that'll help you. You know, so, um, uh, but we don't know, we don't know how, how many people it was. But, but look, regardless of how many, how many, how many uh, followers he had, the people that he sends out were not spiritual giants. Now, they were committed to going deeper but to say that they were already deep, I mean, that, that would be a huge stretch at this point. And to go deeper, Jesus doesn't tell them that, you know, you need to go study more. You need to go read more scrolls, or you need to go spend more time in the synagogue. That's not what he says. Jesus basically tells these guys, if you want to go deeper, you need to go and share more. You need to go out and tell. And now the lesson for us is pretty clear. You don't have to be a you know, super Christian before you tell people about Jesus or before you invite people to church, okay? But if you want to go deeper, you do have to be someone that tells people about Jesus and invites people to come to church. And, and that, honestly, that's something that God expects all of us to do, not just spiritual giants. Now, Look, I, I know that sharing your faith, I mean, it, it can be intimidating, it can be a little bit scary, like I get that. But it doesn't matter. We have to push through that. Look, I'll be honest with you, I, I, still, I still get a little quaky when I talk about Jesus or when I invite somebody to church. I mean, it's it, it just, and I don't think that's ever going to go away, okay? But so what? God still expects me to do it. And if I'm ever going to become a spiritual giant, if any of us are ever going to become spiritual giants, then we have to do what he says we need to do and reach out to other people. In fact, I'll say this. I don't think anybody can become a spiritual giant unless they have begun to start reaching out to either tell people about Jesus or start inviting people to church. It just has to be a part of our lives. That's what he's saying here. And when we do that, it provides the tension that we need that keeps us moving forward, and that's what keeps us going deeper. Does that make sense? Okay. Second thing we learn from this passage is this, is that I don't have to know everything before I share or invite. I mean, I don't. I don't have to know everything 
before I share or invite. Look, Jesus had a public ministry that lasted for about three years. It started when John the Baptist baptized him in the Jordan River, and it concluded when Jesus was crucified and resurrected, okay? Now, at the time Jesus sends out the 72, this occurs somewhere in the middle of that three-year period. So we know that, you know, these guys, they've, they've only been with Jesus like year and a half, like maybe two years, and some of them, maybe even just a few months because Jesus kept adding people all along the way. But my point is, is that even if these guys were with Jesus from the earliest days, they didn't know everything. I mean, there's no way. They, they would not have known how to answer every single question about Jesus and, and about God. They're, they would, would not have known that. But that wasn't really that important to Jesus. They knew everything they needed at that time. Because Jesus doesn't spend a whole lot of time like preparing them for questions that anybody might ask. And so you know what, same is true for us. We don't have to know everything about Jesus before we share. What we know now is enough for now. And when we need to know more, we'll learn more. Now, I mean, we do need to know a few things. And so, it, it, look, if you have no idea, like, how to talk about Jesus or how to share or how to bring it up a conversation, look, I filmed, a, a, like, a really short video about an, a, an, an easy way to share your faith. If you want me to email you that video, I'll give you a chance to request that when we get to the end of today. But ultimately, the point is this, is that I simply don't have to know everything before I, have to, before I share an invite. I don't have to. What I know now is enough for now. Okay? Now, third thing I learned is this, is that wherever Jesus sends me, that's where he's about to go. Wherever Jesus sends me, that's where he's about to go. Check it out. It says this, and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. See, Jesus sent these people to the places where he was about to visit. And I believe the same is true for you and me. I really believe that when Jesus sends you across someone's path or, you know, you feel prompted to bring up the subject of God or of Jesus or of church and you invite them to church or anything like that, I believe it's because Jesus is about to do something in that person's life. Think about it. The person that is checking you out at whatever drive-through you go to. God could have had anybody at that drive-thru. He could have put them anywhere, but he put them at that drive-thru that you went to on that shift, at that hour, at the precise time that you were going through in hopes that maybe if you would use your invite card and invite them to church, that might start the ball rolling for what God wants to do in their life. I think about the person that maybe moved in a house down the street from you. Have you ever thought about the fact that the reason maybe God allowed them to move into that house, because look, they could have moved anywhere in this entire community, but they moved in a house down the street from you because maybe God wants to use you to reach out to them, to invite them to come to church so they can hear about God, because maybe God is wanting to start a new work in them and their family and change the whole course of their family. 
Maybe that, think about the, the people that you work with at your office. That, that per, those people could work at any company anywhere, but they work at that, your company in this city at this time that you're employed there and they're on your team. They sit in a cubicle next to yours or in an office next to yours and perhaps God has orchestrated that because he wants to use you to reach out and invite them to church so that he can begin to turn over the soil of their heart so because there's something in them that he wants to do. Teenagers, maybe God has allowed that person to be in your class, to be on your team, to have your schedule, because God wants to use you to invite that person to come to church, because God is about to do something in their life that is unbelievable and amazing. I'm telling you, look, just think about this stuff, it's so exciting, because it means that when Jesus sends someone across your path or he sends some or he sends you across someone else's path that means that he's about to do something in their life look none of that stuff is random chance Okay, if we believe in a God that has designed the universe and he runs the whole universe, there's no such thing as random chance. But just because sometimes we don't know what God's purpose and his design is, we just call it random chance because we have no other explanation for it. But it's not random chance, it's always by his design. He's got a purpose behind everything. And I want you to hear from a family in our church that received, you know, a random chance invitation to come to the park. And I want you to hear their story. So let's watch this. Hi, my name's Terry. This is my wife, Kelly. We've been coming to the park for almost five years. God really used uh, some amazing ways to, to bring us to the park. As we were praying for a new church home, um, it was the summer of 2010, literally within a, a few weeks, two or three weeks, all of these events started happening. It started with Terry's coworkers inviting him. And you know, you get an invite and you're like, yeah, people invite you to church all the time, it's okay. A few weeks later, um, Terry's mom had suffered an aneurysm and had been life lighted down to Herman downtown. Um, and we were on our way into Sear one day. She was on life support at that time. And um, we ran into a stranger in the parking lot. Stranger's name is Mark Ward. He goes to the park. And I have no idea how the conversation was. I, I can't tell you what we talked about. But at the end of that conversation, he um, let us know that he lived in Katy and he'd love to have us come out to the park. Um, and so that was our second invite in a matter of a couple of weeks. We moved into our home in September of 2010, and a short while after we moved in, um, we had a little boy uh, stop me on the sidewalk as I was going out to check the mail. He got off his bike and he extended a gift bag to me. And it had a granola bar and an invitation to Parkway Fellowship. And, of course, I received a gift bag from him. And I, I immediately uh, looked at it, and I knew that God was answering our prayer. And I walked into the house, and I told Kelly, I said, you're never going to believe what just happened. And I handed it to her. And she said, 
I guess we're going to the park next week. And I said, you got that right. Um, you know, we got, uh, got active in small groups and really plugged into those uh, before we started actively serving. Through those small groups, walls were torn down. I'm a recovering alcoholic and I was still active in my addiction when we started coming to the park. And I would go into church on Sundays uh, and I would sing praise and worship songs and I would cry, but those were tears of, of shame because I was hiding, I was hurting and I needed to heal. And God knew what it was gonna take for those walls to come down. Um, and I experienced a, a place of brokenness in my life that brought me to my knees. And I finally had to make a decision <clears throat> in April of 2013 to surrender, to fully give myself over to Him. Reading through the small group catalog, um, I saw a new small group and it was Surrendering the Secret, um, a highly confidential group for women that had gone through abortion. And it was so, it was so emotional for me just to read that in the catalog that I went to a church that was going to help me heal from the ugliest part of myself. Um, 15 years ago, I made a decision, a decision that I'll regret for the rest of my life to have an abortion. And in that small group of women, I experienced an unfathomable battle of love. I learned that when Jesus died on that cross, it was for me. It, there, there's nothing that says that here's a list of sins that Jesus died for and here's a list of sins he didn't die for. It was for all of them. And so all that shame that I carried around for 15 years and the hurt being at the park where we can, through Terry's small group that he experienced um, and, and, and my small group, my goodness, we're, we were a, a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> but now, um, We'll tell anybody that wants to talk. Mm -hmm. This is the ugliest part of us, and this is, this is what God's done in our life. Think about if that little boy hadn't stopped on that, that sidewalk right in front of me, what life would be like. I would still be bound in chains of addiction. I would be alone. I wouldn't have one of the greatest blessings of my life that's sitting right next to me. I wouldn't have my beautiful daughter. Our boys, their lives would have been torn apart by divorce. That one piece of the puzzle, that little boy on the bicycle altered our family tree. It altered our futures forever.
Wow. And that is incredible. I'm telling you, look, you never know what God is about to do in someone's life. And I'm so thankful that God sent that little kid from our church on a bike with an invite card and a granola bar. And he used that literally to alter the course of their family. Because look, God was about to do something in the McGuire family. And so he sent that kid on ahead to prepare the way. You can be that boy on a bicycle for somebody else. You can be that boy on a bike for somebody else that God is about to do something revolutionary. You and I just have no idea what. Because you never know what God is going to do through you. And so you and I, we just have to be obedient and say, okay, God, wherever you're about to go, that's where you're sending me. And so I trust it, and I'm going to do it. And we've got four opportunities that I want to share with you today about how you, God could use you to help change the course of the life of other people. Because look, next week, we're kicking off our huge fall series. Our fall campaign, it's called Inside Out. And it's all about how it is pointless for us to try to affect lasting change in our lives by just changing the externals, the things that we do and our habits and where we go and what we look like. When we change all those externals, that's not where lasting change really happens. And we all know that from personal experience. The only way that lasting change happens in our lives is if God changes us from the inside out. I'm telling you, it's going to be a fabulous series. And there's four ways or, that you can get involved to invite people to come. So let's go through those four ways quickly. And you can sign up for as many of these as you want at the end of today. So the first thing that you can do is you can use door hangers. You can use door hangers. Outside in the lobby at both campuses, we have a pack of 25 door hangers that you can go hang on people's door in your neighborhood. Um, here's what it says. On one side it says, you have a neighbor who wants to invite you to Parkway Fellowship. And then on the back, there's some information about the new series. And so I want you to take a pack of 25 and Today, I want you to do it today because people need time to plan and make room in their schedules. Today, I want you to go to 25 homes in your neighborhood and go put them on their door. Now look, if you already know that person goes to church somewhere, don't put it on their door. They already go to church. But if you don't know or you know for sure they don't go to church, put it on their door. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you never know what God is about to do in a family. And maybe he's sending you on ahead. Do that, pick up a pack and do that. And by the way, take your kids with you. Get them in the habit of reaching out. It'll help them so much. So do it with your kids, okay? Second thing that you can do is you can use invite cards. You can use invite cards. In your seat is a pack of five invite cards that look just like this. Pass these out to neighbors or friends or coworkers or, you know, parents that are on your kid's ball team or, you know, whatever it is. Because look, you never know what God's going to do. There's a lady in our church, um, that her fam she and her family started coming because they received an invite card just like this a number of years ago. They came and they loved it. 
So they got involved, began to volunteer, and then after a while, she felt like God was asking her to give her life to going into the ministry. And now, she is on our staff in our kids' ministry, serving the Lord. And it started with an invite card. I'm telling you, you, you never know what God's about to do in someone's life. Okay? Next thing you can do is you can be a part of the Park and Ride Granola Bar Invite. You can be, yeah, be a part of the Park and Ride Granola Bar Invite. There's two Park and Rides here in our community. There's one at the Cinemark uh, at the corner of I-10 and Grand Parkway, and then there's one on Kingsland. What we're going to do is this Thursday morning, starting at 6 a.m. in half-hour shifts, we're going to go to the Park and Ride, and as people are getting on the bus, we're going to hand them a free granola bar and an invitation to come to the park. We're just going to hand it to them. And the deal is, a lot of those people, you know, they got up early to get on the bus. A lot of them haven't had a chance to eat breakfast. And so, you know, we're giving them a granola bar. And the hope is that when they get on the bus, as they're eating their granola bar, they'll look at that invite card, and God would use it to, to touch their heart. And that they might come. Because who knows what God might want to do. Man, I'm telling you, and I'll give you a chance to sign up for that here in just a few moments. Last thing that you can do is use a car decal. Use a car decal. It looks just like this. You know, I never really knew how effective these things were until one day after church, I was talking to a couple of two new families that had just started coming. And I, and I typically say something like, you know, well, well, hey, how did you find out about our church? And both of them at two different times said to me, they said, you know, I'll be honest with you, we were just driving around town, and we kept seeing cars with this decal on there. And so we said, well, man, there must be something awesome going on there. So God, are you telling us you want us to go to Parkway Fellowship? And they came and they loved it. I'm telling you, you never know what God's going to use. But I can tell you this, God cannot use a car decal if you don't put it on your car. He can't use it. And now look, this might be the most unintimidating way to invite people to church ever invented, okay? So put it on your car. Look, and, and look, by the way, if you're still driving around with one of our old decals, look, seriously, upgrade, will you please? Come on. <laughs> upgrade, uh, maybe upgrade the car, and then you can upgrade the sticker, you know, whatever it takes for you, all right? So let me wrap it up with saying this. Look, here's the thing. As your pastor, I want you to go deeper in your walk with Christ. I want you to go deeper in your walk with Christ, but I know from personal experience that the only way for you to continue moving forward and going deeper is to choose to live with a tension of sharing more and inviting, which forces you to know more and discover more. And if you can live with that tension, then that keeps you going forward and it keeps you going deeper. Because I'm telling you, you never know what God is about to do in someone's life, and maybe he's sending you on ahead to turn over the soul of their heart because there's so he wants to do something transformative in their family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you so much that you use such simple things like door hangers and invite cards and granola bars and car decals to reach out and touch people's hearts. I thank you for what you did in the Maguires 
And God, I thank you for what you've done in the lives literally of hundreds of families that have come to Parkway Fellowship because of a simple invitation. And now, God, I ask that you would use us to invite so many more to come experience what we've experienced, to experience you, and that you would use us and our invitations to touch people's hearts, that you would send us to places where you are about to go. And I ask that next week you would create so many divine appointments to reach out and begin that change in people's lives through this fall series. And ask you to do this all for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.